hello. Welcome to Healthy Perspectives, a podcast that takes on current cultural and social issues through a clinical lens. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back for those of you who are returning. For those of you who are brand new, uh, as always, we appreciate your time and we will try to put it to good use. Today's topic is going to be very difficult. I want to preface right from the beginning. I don't want anybody to be caught off guard. Today, I'm going to hit something that is is just going to probably be too difficult for some of you out there. Not because I'm all that and a bag of chips. No, no, I'm not suggesting that. What I'm saying is some of you just aren't ready for this conversation. And I don't want you to get three quarters or all the way through this thing and feel like you just weren't ready. So check yourself now. If you are not ready to open your mind, no matter your vantage point, whether you're, 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 gay or straight, whether you're uh, trans or bi or or anything of that nature, because we're going to get after uh, you know, the struggle for straight people part two. I learned some things and I want to walk you through some of the things that I've learned, but I'm not going to do this in a super easy way because around here, we believe in dealing with hard topics and we deal with them head on. So first, let's get after this. LGBTQ, LGBTQ movement is a disease, folks. Yes, it's a disease. Now, I want to clarify something, okay? It's not the people in the LGBTQ movement that are the disease. It's not the people. Don't blame the people. We as a culture, have made some massive mistakes, and it functions like a disease. Many people, because of this disease, cannot see past themselves. They are grossly selfish. By grossly, I mean abundantly selfish. Whew. That was a lot. Slow down. Take it in. I'm going to clarify. Again, I'm not calling LGBTQ people a disease. I wouldn't do that. It's not who I am. It's not what I'm about. The movement, however, is a disease. And I'm going to help you see that if you're open to it. Okay? Disease. What's the process of a disease? Think about a disease like uh, the old Trojan horse, right? The old Trojan horse pulls up to the gates, the, the, the perimeter, and they've got defenses there. And those defenses, they, uh, they're, they're there to protect them from the outside world, okay? And sometimes those defenses are not good and healthy and they need to be torn down. I totally get that. We can have that conversation too. In this particular case, the Trojan horse pulls up. The people in the Trojan horse are the pathogen. It's the people in the Trojan horse. 
That is not inherently going to be the gay people or the straight people or the this people or the that. It's you, it's not that simple, folks. It's way more complex than that. But those people are the pathogen. They enter the host. By the way, if you're not familiar with this, this is the disease process, okay? It's pretty well-known, pretty simple scientific stuff. You teach this to you know, sixth graders or seventh graders or whatever. The pathogens enter the host. Oftentimes, like with the Trojan horse, by deception. They make you think, oh, we're fine. We're good. And then we have an infection because the pathogens are now inside the barrier. In our case, what we are talking about is what we call abnormal sexual behavior. And it's not the abnormal sexual behavior that is the majority of the problem. Because that's not what the LGBTQ community is about anymore. Look, abnormal sexual behavior has biological consequences. I'll highlight a couple of these. This is not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the movement. But I'm going to highlight a couple of abnormal sexual behavior consequences for you. Okay? They would be things like uh, uh, sphincter damage. Because the anus, the muscle around it, that's right, that's a muscle, is not designed to stretch like other things. Say, like a vagina is designed to stretch. All right? Um, reproduction. How does that happen when you have two men or two women? It doesn't. So reproduction, if that's a concern, is a problem and therefore, that would be an abnormal sexual behavior if we're considering reproduction. Uh, mutilated bodies. So right now, we're seeing something that we're far down this path now, but we're, we're seeing mutilation of bodies, the idea of cutting off genitals um, and stuff like that. It's look, if somebody wants to do that to their body and they're a grown up and they're making that decision, I, I'm not judging. It's not my place to judge. It is not the natural design, though. And you can argue, well, inside they feel like we can have that discussion. I'm not talking about that stuff right here, right now, today. Happy to talk about. It. I address hard stuff all the time. Probably, I probably addressed some of that in the past in other podcasts, to be honest. But what we are talking about is the pathogen entering the body, causing an infection. And in our case, abnormal sexual behavior being normalized. It's, it's a mentality of normalizing something that is not beneficial to the body. Okay. It's not. It's just not beneficial. You could go, well, it's awful exciting. Okay, we can have that discussion. Some people like different things in sexual encounters. Okay, fine. We can have that discussion. I'm fine having that discussion. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about normalizing the mentality. The mentality of it. Which is, oh, we could be fine as a species 
if everyone now, now I'm not suggesting that this is their, their, the, the approach of the LGBTQ movement completely, but if everyone were, were gay or everyone were, uh, um, you know, a, a lesbian or everyone was trans or everyone was queer, look, maybe, maybe we'd be just fine, but the biological response to it would suggest otherwise. So we probably need to take a look at that if we're going to have a real healthy conversation. Okay, so back to the disease model. Pathogen enters, they get to the inside of that wall, the infection occurs. The next step in the process of the disease process is the pathogen opens the gate and allows more pathogens in, or it reproduces on the inside, making what's on the inside look different, completely and totally different than what it looked like before. So you think about that, what that would look like. The Trojan horse comes, people get out. Once they're on the inside of the gate, they turn around, they open the gate to allow more pathogens in. In other words, it becomes an an environment that is conducive to any pathogens that are out there. Come on in here. We've got a safe place for you. And then they turn around and they reproduce, 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 not in the like sexual reproduction model, but in the mentality model. Let me go into that for you. In our case, we'd be talking about people doing abnormal sexual behaviors and telling others, others who are straight or maybe undecided or something of that nature that they are I don't know, homophobic or transphobic, if they don't hold the gate open, cheer them on or support them when people bring morals or, uh, you know, biology into the discussion. So now all the cells on the inside are saying, uh, I, whether I agree or disagree, yeah, I go LGBTQ, yeah. And all of this happens in our communities and stuff like that. So that by nature would be the disease model. Now the host has to, there's one more factor. The host has to experience real damage. So what that would look like as I discussed earlier, reproduction drops, biological issues, bodies being mutilated, and things like HIV being uh, rampant. Uh, other, I mean, look, there's there's sexually transmitted infections and diseases all all over the place. We know this, and some of them are transported from heterosexual behaviors, homosexual behaviors, and stuff like that. We know this, but there are some that are that are life threatening that can take that that are more easily reproduced within non-heterosexual behaviors or potentially some other dangerous sexual behaviors okay that being said we could argue that part of it all day long the question that people are going to say is what's the real damage well the real damage isn't even the biological stuff The real damage is the immune system has been depleted, folks, because in the disease model, that's ultimately what happens. 
in our case, the social fear of talking about normal sexual behavior has such a high risk of retaliation. You're a homophobe. You're a transphobe. Just because you have a sexual preference or just because you have uh, a, a moral stance. So what do people do? They stay silent or they pretend to like the pathogen so that they don't have to face the social risks. In this case, uh, like uh, for instance, uh, I'll use myself as the, as the bad guy. I am heterosexual. Now, do I have to have a parade for that? Absolutely not. But if I stand up and say, hey, I don't think a parade for heterosexuality or homosexuality is uh, an appropriate social behavior. Uh, I'm a homophobe. In that moment, you're probably sitting there if you are if you are listening and you are gay, bi, uh, trans, a lesbian, you're probably going, you're a homophobe. But I'm not a homophobe because by definition, I'm not afraid of people who are homosexual. I'm just not. And matter of fact, I probably understand human sexuality better than most people who would consider them homosexual, heterosexual, uh, bisexual, trans. Like I have studied it probably more. I have learned more about the human nature, the biology behind it, the sociology behind it, the psychology behind it, uh, what it has meant over time. Historically, I have probably studied it far more than most people who would ever listen to this. Does that mean I know everything? Not at all. And unfortunately, what we are doing with this trans uh, or, or LGBTQ movement, we can see it now because of the trans movement within it, to be honest, it made it much clearer that it is a disease that is infecting all areas. Now, can you be homosexual? Sure. I don't have a problem with that. Can you be heterosexual? Sure. I don't have a problem with that. Why do I say that? Not because I condone either. It's because biologically, you can do either of those things. You can. There are risks to either of those things. And there are rewards to either of those things. And I understand those risks and rewards, folks. The movement, however, has led to cultural, social damage. Therefore, it fits the disease model. Why am I coming at it this way, this, way, this particular uh, approach? Because I want you to understand something. Number one, if, if you are uncertain about your sexuality, take your time. There is no hurry. There is no hurry. Number two, if you know that this movement, not the people, the movement 
is a disease. If you can see that pretty clearly at this point, which I'm hoping you can, then you have a responsibility to discourage the movement, not people being gay or lesbian or bisexual. I'm not getting into that part today. We can have that conversation. Let's do that differently. But the movement is dysfunctional. And the movement needs to stop. It's dangerous and it's causing social, cultural, psychological damage to straight people, to LGBTQ people. It is causing damage. It is not freeing you like you think. You have opened up the gate. The Trojan horse has come in and we need, we collectively, LGBTQ folks, you know, straight people, it doesn't matter. We need to stand up and say enough is enough with this movement. This movement has exceeded its, its, its time. It is no longer serving a healthy purpose. Now, there probably was some healthy, matter of fact, I would even, I grew up in the 90s. I would tell you that the movement originally wasn't about sex at all. It was about people being tortured, essentially, being marginalized, essentially. And that's not right. That's a different kind of disease. And that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be marginalized because you, you're, you're different than other people. I'm not suggesting that at all. Matter of fact, the opposite. Because right now, what we have gotten to is the marginalizing of the majority. That's not good and healthy. That's no more good and healthy than the marginalizing of the minority. It's just not. You could say, but it's justice. You would be wrong. Marginalizing the minority is not wise. Marginalizing the majority is not wise. They are equally not wise. So what I learned in part one is these things. One thing, people are scared to address the impacts of abnormal sexual behavior. And you shouldn't be. Don't be scared to talk about it. How in the world can you know what you think you know if you don't talk about it with other intelligent people who are not going to judge you and hate you? Because I'm going to be real. I am not going to judge and hate you if you are heterosexual or LGBTQ. I'm just not. And we still have to talk about abnormal sexual behavior because it has risks. And if you don't know those risks, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And then you're going to be like, why did I do what I did? And you're going to have to address all of that probably in a session with somebody like me who's not going to judge you for the fact that you went down this hole and you got yourself into trouble and now you've got to dig your way out of it. Second thing, people are so locked into their view, they can't see other people's views. With that, give me just a second. I'm going to try to pull this up real quick. 
Oh my goodness, and I am so unprepared. I apologize for this slight delay, but I wanted to read something to you. Um, this is this is super interesting, and this came uh, this came to me uh, via uh, some comments. Um, this this person, uh, unfortunately, uh, they uh, it's tough. Okay, I understand that it's a tough topic. But when I'm saying they, they can't see, I want to read you something here and I want you to find the bias. If you can, try to find the bias, all right? Because it's super, to me at least, it's super obvious. They said uh, in one of their quotes, I'm going to give you one just as a background. They said, being gay is harder than being straight. That's a bias. Okay. And that's okay. And in a lot of ways, yeah, there's probably some truth in that. Um, but it doesn't automatically mean that being straight isn't very difficult. Right. So what did they go on to say in the next, in the next interaction that I had with them? Um, they said, uh, the way they, they, well, they, they went after me and it was like, interesting. I'll read it to you. What the heck? I managed about half of it before giving up on, on uh, up in disgust, to be honest, the way you talk about homosexuality is as if it's a disease. Homosexuality is not the disease folks. It's not what I'm suggesting. I clarified that today for you, uh, but that's okay. Uh, that can infect straight people just through interaction. Hmm. Not even close to anything I've ever put out in the world, but that's okay. It feels like a kind of prejudice I thought we'd left behind decades ago. As a gay guy with most mostly straight friends, you're about to hear the bias here, folks. I've never pressured any of them to go to a pride event or a gay bar or anything else, and I'd fully respect them if they said they weren't comfortable with that. However, it's hard to believe that on a on the scale that you describe, there are that many gay people putting straight people under pressure to do these things. We are a small minority of in the numbers, just and it just doesn't add up. What's the bias, folks? Let me help you. I'm going to help you with this. The bias is that is a in this particular case, this could have been somebody who was straight saying the same thing. This particular case, it's a gay guy uh, who says he has never pressured anybody. Therefore, he can't imagine this pressure coming from the LGBTQ community. I agree. <laughs> we agree. It's not most likely. Not, not from what I'm hearing in sessions, the, what it's coming from is, remember the Trojan horse went inside and people are what? They are uh, heterosexual people, have gone silent or pretend to like the pathogen. The heterosexual people that are coming alongside the LGBTQ community, which I don't have a problem with, it's all of it 
puts this cultural pressure on straight people to not talk about their morals and not talk about their sexual behavior. And don't you dare mess with their pride movement. That's where it becomes the disease, folks. That's the problem. And the, the, the unfortunate reality there is this person is locked into a view that if I wouldn't do that and my, my other LGBTQ friends wouldn't do that, the pressure is not coming from us. And even if it was, we're a small group of people. The, that's the lie. That's the blind spot. And that's what happens in disease is we start to not be able to see our own blind spots, which leads me to the next one. The third thing is the blind spots are perpetuating the cultural pressure. This guy, he didn't, he didn't, I don't think he meant any harm. I mean, he did come after me a little bit, but so what? Like, I, I don't care. Uh, I mean, I care because I don't want to hurt people. Like, that's not my point. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he's trying to engage in the conversation. I actually complimented him after that, saying thanks for staying engaged. Um, that, because I'd rather have these conversations, even if there are blind spots, because how are we going to find our blind spots if we don't have these conversations? Anyway, the cultural pressure now isn't coming from the LGBT community. I mean, sometimes it might, let's be real. And some of it is matter of fact, the pressure, a lot of pressure actually does come from the trans community within the LGBTQ movement. I've actually seen recently more and more people, whether this is happening all around or just maybe, maybe where I am, but a lot of LGBTQ folks are trying to distance themselves from the trans community because there's a lot that, uh, that I'm seeing at least because they see the dysfunction of the trans movement. Do what you want with that. That's just an, an anecdotal observation from uh, people I have worked with um, over the last few years. Uh, the fourth thing, a lot of people need to talk about or listen to the discussion about the LGBTQ people and the straight people and the struggles that they're both having because the reality is we all struggle we all struggle in different ways but we still struggle matter of fact it's not even all that different ways when you get right down to it not gonna lie uh number five and the final point i'm gonna make of what i learned from doing part one is people want their struggle to be classified as harder. You heard me read that comment. And the you know, the guy, what did he start off with? He started off with, uh, you know, the, um, the, the gay people have it much harder or something along those lines. People want their struggle to be classified as harder. And unfortunately, what that means is that, that they're learning helplessness. That's right. Or the victim mentality, which reminds me, you if you haven't listened to the one on October the 20th, I posted a positive psychology posting. It's, it's really uh, more technical, but if you want to understand that learned helplessness thing, I did address the positive psychology vantage point on learned helplessness. Um, you, you can go back and listen to it, but I got to tell you that mentality Ultimately, that's the worst disease of it all. 
And that's the one being perpetuated the most by the LGBTQ community is that our life is harder. No. Your life is hard. In some ways, your life is probably harder. I would agree with it. In some ways, my life is very difficult. Maybe it's harder than some. Absolutely. But you, like when we when we put them side by side and we start doing that comparison crap, like, uh, oh, well, uh, uh, I, I only have uh, one leg. Well, I have none. Both of those situations are challenging. You would say one is better than the other? I mean, go for it. You can make your case. That's what the LGBTQ movement does. And it's a disease. So if you want to be a disease, go ahead and do that. But at the end of the day, it's just another struggle. Is it a hard struggle? Sure. I'll give you that. Is it one that we uh, that we could uh, uh, we could team up and and make it easier? Absolutely. But we're not going to do that by saying mine's harder than yours, mine's more difficult than yours, and now you're just having a pissing match on the playground. And to be honest, any movement, any movement that does that. Any movement, no matter whether it's uh, LGBTQ, heterosexual rights, uh, you know, if it's about race, if it's about economic status, uh, any movement that does that is dysfunctional and needs to be corrected. Look, today I went on and on, folks, because this is a really important topic. And I really hope that this was helpful to you. I hope that you've you've got some things that you can take away from this. You can have better, healthier, more uh, perspective-oriented conversations, and you can grow. And I can promise you this. You, you believe me. Don't believe me. Do what you want. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you at all. Not my place. Not my place. Do I want this disease running rampant in our culture? No. And you probably shouldn't either. Because disease is dysfunctional and it causes problems, not solutions. You're not a victim. Nope, you're not a victim. You are not helpless. Neither am I. You can come on and do a podcast talking about my podcast for all I care. And we could have a real conversation. You could come on to my podcast. Let me know. But keep growing. Keep learning. As you identify blind spots, make corrections when appropriate and necessary. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you have a great day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate our audience a lot. So we give you some simple ways to track us down. Please like, subscribe, and follow all the podcasts on different platforms. But you can also email us at healthyperspectives at protonmail.com. Or you can check out our website at healthy-perspectives.com slash podcast. It's a backward slash. So if you want to go to our landing page, if you go to healthy dash perspectives.com. You'll still find us. You just got to click on the podcast button. Thank you so much.